Welcome to the Feeding and Leading Podcast, featuring Todd Fisher and Andy Taylor, a podcast for church leaders focusing on expository preaching, pastoral leadership, and ministry. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Feeding and Leading, a podcast for pastors and anyone else that wants to listen, ministry leaders. And as always, I am joined joined by uh, with my co-host, uh, Andy Taylor. Andy, how you doing, man? I am very good. We just came off of a great, great yes, state convention. That's why I kind of stumbled on the opening yeah, words there because I'm in the uh, I'm in the the aftermath of annual meeting, <laughs> so um, it went good. Um, hey, we want to jump right in on this episode because uh, we've got some special guests with us, and the topic today is something that's very, very important, I think, for all churches. It's very important for Oklahoma Baptist churches. And it is about uh, revitalizing, and we can, we're can we going to talk some other vocabulary words there other than revitalizing, but kind of the key term is revitalizing churches, existing churches. And so this is something that is important to us as Oklahoma Baptists. We have a lot of churches that are in need of revitalization or, or repurposing or replanting, and we're going to talk about those things in just a minute. Um, so one of the things that we did uh, last year, I guess, when we started this, is, is trying to get an initiative, trying to get a program together where we as a state convention could really lay something out to our churches to help them with strengthening, revitalizing existing churches. So planting churches is obviously something that's important to us as a state convention, but also revitalizing churches is just as important to us. And church revitalization is important, especially when you think about the context of Oklahoma, because some of our churches that are small, smaller or rural, um, that church is the only gospel witness in that community. And that's why it's very important, you know, sometimes people might say, why don't you just let those churches die or whatever. Um, a lot of our churches, we, we need those churches to be healthy, to be flourishing. And so this is a very worthwhile thing. So we are joined by Chad Balthrop and Griff Henderson. And Chad and uh, Griff have been instrumental, along with some others, in what we have called the Church Strengthening Initiative, which brands really well CSI. So this is CSI Oklahoma Baptist. I don't know that Hollywood's going to come banging our door down to make a show out of that, uh, strengthening churches, but we're sure interested in it, and we think it's um, it's really important. So I want to take just a second to let our guests introduce themselves. So Chad, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, my name's Chad. I'm the executive pastor at First Baptist Church in Owasso. I've been there for 21 years. Actually, when I started there, I was the worship pastor. Mm -hmm. And uh, then just over time, my role shifted and became more of a discipleship role. And then when uh, Chris Wall became our pastor, he asked me to step into the executive role. Uh, A few years ago, I finished my doctoral work at Midwestern, and my doctoral work was focused on church mm-hmm. revitalization yep. and how, how can we strengthen churches. And so your long suffering is that you've had to put up with Chris Wall for so long. For such a long time. Actually, we were in the Moore Boys Choir together Man. when we were very, very young. I don't know, Butch and Ben McCain, I don't know if you remember that show or not. We were on that show yep. together. That it is was, a long time to put up with a long Chris time Wall. ago. I don't think that's even on YouTube anymore. <laughs> Uh, that is old. We're famous. Well, Chad, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank and you. Griff, tell us a little about yourself. 
Yeah, for the last uh, four years, I've had the privilege of being the regional ministry partner for Northwest Oklahoma. Uh, that's from Oklahoma City all the way to Ponca City, all the way out to the to the Panhandle. Uh, I had the privilege for 35 years serving in local churches uh, in Edmond, Waterloo Road, First Baptist, New Walla. Served in Tulsa for five years and also out in, out in Mustang. Uh, joy of my life right now is two, two grandkids who are, are a blast, and it's a great, great privilege. I've stumbled across some church revitalization just serving in churches. I, I think um, uh, either your church or a church next to you, you're always going to have a way to be able to help somebody else. Yeah. Griff, how long have you been a regional ministry partner? Right at four years. Four years. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So both of you in your own experience and education, this, this is something that you, you're well-versed in and you have a passion about. Uh, we outlined just in our annual meeting, um, as Andy said yesterday, day before, since we're recording this podcast, six commitments that our state convention has. And one of those commitments is strengthening existing churches. So let's just kind of begin. Chad, I'll start with you. Um, you've been an instrumental part of the team that put CSI together. Mm-hmm. So why don't you just start by telling us what exactly is CSI? What are the primary principles of CSI? Just kind of give yeah. us an overview of it. Well, really, the heart behind CSI is just scripture. John 15, 1 and 2 talks about I'm the vine, my father's the vine dresser. And we always kind of end up focusing in verse 2 on that idea that the unproductive branches he takes away, and maybe we minimize the second part of that verse where it says that uh, that because you've been successful, I'm going to prune you. You know, those of you who have produced, I'm going to prune you. And as Southern Baptists, we've been a part of a denomination that has prevailed with the gospel influence in our communities. Mm-hmm. And over time, we've seen that prevailing diminish to a point of decline. I think that's just scriptural, John 15, 2. Sometimes God takes us through a God-designed season of decline so that he can make room for what's Mm -hmm. next, so that he can make room for new growth. He breaks our success to make room for new growth. And then even in Acts, you see when Paul makes all of his missionary journeys, the first loop is to start churches. The other loops are to strengthen churches. Mm -hmm. So those two Mm -hmm. things go hand in hand. And with the church strengthening an initiative, what we've realized as a Southern Baptist, we're really good at missions cooperation overseas, Mm -hmm. but there's a mission right down the street where a thriving church is right next door to a declining church. And we can do some things together that help. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, who, who would you say is CSI designed to help? What kind of church? What kind of pastor? Maybe give us a profile. Yeah. You know, there are these moments in the life of your church where you just kind of look up and you realize this isn't working like I expected. And, and you see, the, you see a, a, a kind of a continuing slide or a continuing decline. And, and generally, when a church gets into that state, whether it's a church leader or a pastor or a bivocational, co-vocational leader, the first thing they do is pick up the phone and call a friend. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's in that moment that you think, I need to talk to someone about this. 
I, I need to, I need to, I need a second set of eyes. I need someone else I can bounce this off of. That's the church that this is for. It's in that moment when you realize you, you know that something's not working, or maybe the church is hurting in a particular way, and I just, I just need to talk to someone about it. And when you phone a friend, my hope is that with CSI we develop kind of the language and the principles and the practices, so that no matter which friend you call, whether it's another pastor or an associational leader or someone with Oklahoma Baptist, whoever you call, you get similar answers and similar support. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And, and, and kind of to build on that a little bit, Chad, one of, the, one of the things that we wanted to do with CSI was kind of bring a common vocabulary. Yeah. Because when, when, when people, people use different terminology, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. are, are we talking about revitalizing a church? Are we talking about yeah. replanting? And so what I, I, I had discovered is people would say this word, but maybe some other people would think it was defined this way. Yeah. So one of the things that CSI seeks to do is for us here in Oklahoma is to kind of bring a common vocabulary to what we're talking about when we talk about church revitalization. Yeah. So I want you, if you would, to just walk through that. You've got all these. They, they start with an R. So you've got revitalize. You've got repurpose. You've got replant. You've got retire. Take just a minute and explain what each of the what, – what do we mean in CSI when we say revitalize, repurpose, yeah. replant, retire? Tell and us about that. It's really interesting. When people start pursuing information about revitalization or any of these R words – there really are a thousand ways to think about them. So simplifying and really focusing and really agreeing on, this is what we mean when we say that. Mm-hmm. It really is very important. And so for us, we, we've just kind of developed a revitalization spectrum that includes, includes four different ideas. The first one is revitalize. And if I say it most simply, it's renewed life from existing conditions. It's the idea that within the same context of leadership and church and and structure in your church and and those kinds of things that that God does something and then the people do something together that just brings new life, renewed life from those existing conditions. Mm -hmm. A repurpose is when that congregation realizes that God's doing something here, but we need to develop some new conditions from existing life. A great example of that is our church, First Owasso, partnered with the Calvary Baptist Church in Tulsa. Right, right. And that to a, it began as a repurposing. And the reason it began as a repurposing is because over a long period of time, the community around Calvary became 73% Spanish speaking. Mm-hmm. And first generation, second generation Hispanic people. And so it wasn't that their heart and vision needed to change. They just needed to learn how to connect with a they need to repurpose. Right, right. So that's repurposing. Replanting is the idea of new life from new conditions. It's the idea that you would that you would take something that's existed and has thrived in the past that's declined now. You would actually close that down and then bring about something brand new as a result of it. And okay. that, that's replanting. And then retiring. Retiring is the space that no one really wants, but we have to recognize yeah. that even in Revelation, those churches mm-hmm. don't exist today. There comes sometime for a necessary ending yeah. at times. And we try yeah. to avoid that as much as possible. We pray mm-hmm. through that. But sometimes that's an option that's necessary. I think that's such a good thing with CSI is to give us that common vocabulary of when we say this, we mean that. And yeah. and what I like about that too, Chad, what your, your team came up with on that is when you walk into a church that is in need of some kind of type of revitalization – that's not a cookie cutter thing. No. And you could walk into a church that's on one this end of the spectrum and a, another church that's on the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about the process in just a minute. But mm-hmm. I, I like how 
this brings some uniformity to what we what we mean when we say this word. Um, Griff, let me let me let me kind of mm-hmm. put you on the spot for a second. You've got a ton of pastoral experience. You've got a lot of experience as a regional ministry partner in all the churches that you travel around and visit and see. Um, give us kind of, give us an example. I mean, don't say the name of a church, obviously, but <laughs> kind of describe for us what would a church be like that needs to be revitalized as say, as opposed to saying, you know, repurp. Sure. Kind of give us what that would look like in terms of uh, where they're at in terms of resources and that kind of type of thing. You know, what comes to my mind, Todd, is is just the word they're stuck. Um, they have gone to a certain place and they've hit that level over and over again. And now now they are somewhat declining. They're, they're not to the place that the doors need to be closed. But they know they're not heading the right way. They don't know exactly how to get through it. And, and many times there's these certain walls that they would hit, uh, i.e. Uh, disunity in a church mm-hmm. or uh, not a very visible building or they've had struggles with some staff. And so they keep hitting this wall and bouncing back and back and back. And so eventually they go we've got to get some help. And mm-hmm. that's when they pick up the phone and, and call a friend. And, and hopefully and prayerfully, that's when those friends connect, connect to that. Chad, I was hearing you talk about Calvary Baptist. And back in the late 80s, I got to serve there for five years. Yep. And it was a thriving church yep. in Tulsa there on Admiral Avenue. And, and um, God did a great, great work. And if I'm not mistaken, a decent number of those folks eventually moved out to Owasso and a part of First Baptist Owasso. So, so yeah. the, the, the circle goes round and round and round about how churches help each other. Yeah, that, that whole story, which is a story for another day, is really interesting because it really does feel like a grandson at First Baptist Owasso mm-hmm. stepped back into the life of a grandfather church, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. Calvary, to say, hey, we're, we're here to help. And, and there were lots of relationships that were already connected. That's actually one of the principles of this whole strengthening idea is that collaboration, our ability to serve and work together really moves at the speed of relationships on purpose. If I don't know you and I don't trust you, I'm not sure how easily it is for us to work together and serve together. But the more we know each other and trust each other and realize, realize we have the same intent, we're moving in a similar direction, all of a sudden it's like everything just works. Yeah, that's really yeah. good. Yeah, this is edit. Talk just a little bit. You're hitting on it here. I, I want you to talk a little bit more, but in, in the process they have, and I know we're going to get to describing the process in a minute, but talk about those relationships, obviously pastors have, you know, we hope that they have relationships with other people and when they have those yeah. struggles. They, but talk about relationships between churches at, in CSI, between churches, associations, and the state convention. Yeah, I, I think all of those relationships are critical because ultimately everything we do ends up very local. That everything ends up very local. Mm-hmm. So the church is the boots on the ground in their local environment. They're the ones that are known by school teachers and by city leaders and by business leaders. That's the gospel lighthouse right there in that community. The association is that place where the church on one side of town 
can see the church on the other side of town. The church in one part of the county can see the church in the other part of the county. They can find friendships. They can find relationships and hope, encouragement, maybe even some challenge when that's necessary. And so those associational relationships become critical for us to see beyond the walls of our local congregation, beyond our city, and into a, a, a slightly bigger space. And then Oklahoma Baptists, the state convention, steps into that space and allows us to see one step beyond that, that there's help, there's hope, there's relationships, there's encouragement, there's resources, there's all kinds of people who are all praying together, serving together, and working together. And now I can see beyond my city, I can see beyond my county or my association to across the state. And just it's been that brilliance of the Southern Baptist structure for a long time. You said it at the annual meeting, we came together to cooperate so we could put missionaries on the field. And sometimes as Southern Baptists, we see the mission field overseas more clearly than we see the mission right. field down the street. That's right. That's exactly right. And, and that's, what, that's how all, all three of those relate. I think what the state does and what the associations do is really just raise up, lift up, and partner with the local church mm-hmm. as they do what they do so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. good. So well, we, Go ahead, go Todd. Go ahead. Well, uh, so kind of just come back a little bit. One of the things that I always want to do on this podcast is be super practical. So kind of listening to what you guys have said, when we talk about revitalizing a church, and Chad, you said it in terms of new life from existing conditions. Mm-hmm. A lot of times there's, there's still there's – still, I don't know how to phrase this, but like enough meat on the bone yeah. mm-hmm. where you still yeah. have resources, you still have folks, you still have leadership – and it's what Griffith described. You've just kind of hit a stuck spot, mm-hmm. and you just kind of need something to kind of put you over the edge. You're kind of a shot in the arm kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But the repurpose and the replant, a lot of times when churches need one of those, they've kind of passed one of these milestones mm-hmm. where maybe the resources aren't are, are no longer there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you, you can't draw a life from the existing conditions because those existing conditions have just kind of gotten too far down. Yeah, yeah, and they're not coming back on their own. And and yeah. so yeah. I, I think one of the things yeah. that CSI is going to be a good tool for Oklahoma Baptists is, is we can send folks to that church to help them kind of diagnose yeah. how mm-hmm. far down the road are we. So now what I'd like for you to do, guys, is just – explain how this works. Yeah. Yeah. So a church, let's say a pastor is listening to us right now, mm-hmm. and a pastor says, man, I think my church is in, is one of these mm-hmm. ours. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call those guys up there at the state convention. Okay, he calls us, and uh, all right, now what happens next? What What's going to happen when we get a phone call from a church saying, come help us with this, mm-hmm. pick it up from there? Yeah. Well, so there's, there's actually a couple of different paths that could be taken. I'm going to talk about the kind of the more formal path first. Right now, we're trying to form what we're calling CSI cohorts, small groups within every association that really are people who are, are learning to be specialists in in helping churches in this. And so over the course of a 12-month period, those cohorts that are designed around their association will, they'll meet for six months um, and it'll be every other month. 
they'll meet together in kind of a forum where they talk about the principles and practices of, of revitalization. Um, and that's going to be kind of the first and third and four, you know, uh, every other month they'll mm-hmm. do that. And then in the off months, they'll receive kind of personalized individual coaching. Because you're right, there is no one size fits all answer, mm-hmm. but there are some principles that can be applied in any context. And so we'll talk about the principles in the first month, and then we'll talk specifically with each individual pastor in their second month. And that's a process that we're beginning that people can sign up for through their association and, and with us. And so that's that's what that would, would look like in the more formal setting. In the less formal setting, it would be about us having conversations like this, where we do step in with a church leader or with a group of church leaders from within the same church and really kind of walk through a process of examining some some very, uh, they, they sound like blocking and tackling a little bit, but mm-hmm. examining some things that are just really critical to the life of the church. What's the spiritual health of the church? Mm-hmm. Are there obstacles? Are there opportunities that that either we're, we're, we keep running into or that we keep missing? Is there something spiritual in the life of the church that just really needs to be addressed, that really needs to be challenged or encouraged? And then once you start establishing what are the spiritual realities inside the church, then you begin investigating things that are very practical, like the, the vision of the church, the values of the church, the methods that they're using to, to, to get the gospel into the community, to make disciples, to send missionaries, to help people. What, mm-hmm. what do those vision, values, and methods look like? And an important part of that is the people that are involved. What people has God given you? I was, mm-hmm. I was at a conference once, and someone, and this is really crazy that they were saying this, someone just was really grieving the fact that they were having a hard time developing their hula ministry. Which is nothing I had. Was this in Hawaii? Um, uh, n- no. Okay. Um, actually, their church was in Rhode Island. And I'm like, maybe that's the reason Ooh, you're having a hard time for that. And I'm like, I don't know why anybody thinks that's a okay. Great idea. Okay. I can. As I, in like a hoop? As a in hula like. Hula hoop? No, as in like Honolulu, hula minute. I'm like, I don't even know what that looks like. Uh-huh. I, but they were kind of grieving that. I'm like, well, okay, based on your people, is that a real yeah. need inside the life. So so sometimes, and I, that's a really extreme, weird example, but um, sometimes based on your context, the people that God's given you, because, you know, stuff makes ministry nice, uh, money makes ministry affordable or helpful, but it's really people that make ministry happen. Mm-hmm. And so taking the time to sit down and look at the spiritual reality behind the people God's entrusted to you, taking the time to really ask deep, significant questions about your vision, your values, your methods, as you involve your people in the work of the ministry, that's really kind of step by step what happens in that process. And then over time, you recognize that certainly all of every church, uh, Colossians, it says it's Jesus we preach, warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom that we might present everyone perfect in Christ. Certainly, that's a vision for every church. Mm. Mm-hmm. But the way our church does that is different than the way your church has done that yeah. or your church. Mm-hmm. And so can we take a look at those vision, values, methods, resources, and, and people and, and really figure out, okay, why did God put this lighthouse in this community? And I then think I, it's also okay, – Go ahead, Greg. Andy, I think just a, a good first step if they say we don't know who to talk to um, – uh, Get hold of the director of mission of your association. Yeah. Get, get hold of the four regional ministry partners, or call the Baptist building, and they would they would connect us. You know that when you get frustrated, you don't know who to talk to. 
we do have outlets, and those are some great outlets. And and I would really, really encourage um, if you feel stuck to take that next step. See, yeah. see where it comes out at. And and you know what I'd add right there too, Griff, is just from my experience of traveling around, seeing see, visiting with all the churches and pastors. When when you feel that way, call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and if yeah. you sit on it and you wait like a couple of years, you're going to find yourself going down the road further and further. Mm-hmm. And I think the further you let the church go down this path yeah. of decline, the harder I think it's going to be to kind of turn it around, to pull it out. And and I think when you sense, hey, we are in this decline, we're hitting this wall, as mm-hmm. you described, uh, man, reach out. And mm-hmm. and let's and and what what Chad you've been describing what I love about this we're we're working on training these cohorts that can come in there and almost we're these consultants yeah. that a church might spend a whole lot of money on but we're not going to charge you a penny you know this is right. part of what we do as a state convention so um, man yeah that's I would just really encourage pastors boy. If if just reach out, talk to somebody. That's such an important thing. What you guys have said: pick up the phone and call, and get some get some movement going on. Yeah, because not only is it going to be good for your church, it's also going to be good for the wellness of that pastor. Yeah, because we know that as as a church is starting to feel that um, whatever word you want to use there, if it's decline or if it's hit a stalemate or whatever, that affects the pastor, mm-hmm. and then it becomes a vicious cycle. Yep upon the pastor and the church. Mm-hmm. And so make that phone call and um, and, and reach out and, and allow somebody just to get the conversation started, right? Yeah, right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you one yeah. other question. I think I think this is uh, this is true, so I'm throwing you a softball here. Or maybe I'm just answering the question. <laughs> is you, you help them go through that process of, of the church looking at their own spiritual health. You look at values, you look at vision, you look at methods. But when it's all said and done, mm-hmm. what's what's the? F- I don't want to say the final product, but does the does the pastor does the church have like a pathway forward that yeah. that you all have helped them to kind of see? Yeah. What's the fruit of, of all of that self introspection? Well, introspection's awesome until you don't do anything about it. Right. So there's got to be there's right. got to be a path ahead, and so the the end result of all of that exa- examination really is. Here's some tracks you can run on. Here's some things you can try. Here's some measurables or some um, some outcomes that that you can work towards, so that you can make the most of who you are, where you are, mm-hmm. and so um, and that's again the other thing that's I think awesome about principle based leadership is there's not a one size fits all answer. So so what happens in you know one church in rural Oklahoma by principle will be related to what happens to one church in mm-hmm. city Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it, the, the path itself won't be exactly the same. And that's why those local leaders are so important. Again, going back to Scripture, I think it's interesting that the first time there's a church outside of Jerusalem, the very first time it happens in Acts, and it's time for anyone to investigate what's going on or to help with, with what's going on, the church at Jerusalem sent Peter and John to help. They didn't send their least and last leaders. Mm-hmm. They, this is a relatively young church in Jerusalem. They sent their very best people to go uh, somewhere else, a place where maybe racially there was tension. And, and so there are churches, there are people who are willing to risk their, their best leadership capital to help a church down the street. 
And I think we actually see that in our associations. I think we see that in the Oklahoma Baptist Convention. I think we see that there are some incredible leaders out there who simply love the local church. Mm-hmm. And what we're trying to do is give leaders at the associational level, at the local level, enough tools that when the phone rings and someone says, I need help, that they've got some really good answers to give that yeah. aren't one size fits all, but are really practical and biblically based. I, I, I want to reiterate what you just said, how important it is. CSI is not some kind of cookie cutter, nope. uh, and it's not us, you know, CSI cohort coming there and try to get your church to be like another church. Right. That's, hey, this worked in the town down the road. So we're going to try to mm-hmm. – it is an individualized – We and you said it so well. We want you to be who you are, where you are, with, with health and strength and effectiveness. Yeah. And I think that is important. And sometimes I fear pastors or churches, when they see that they're in in uh, trouble, weakness, they, hey, we need a shot in the arm, they go and try to emulate some other model they've seen or read or heard about – and, you know, what, what happens, what works in California, probably not going to happen, not going to work very well in Oklahoma, right. you know, kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's a key thing, what you just said. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, real quick, guys, just again, just because I know a lot of Oklahoma Southern Baptist pastors are listening to this episode. Um, I know some of the guys listening have, have seen a lot coming out of NAM uh, mm-hmm. on replant. Mm-hmm. But CSI is is really something kind of dip- replant is about replanting churches. Yeah. CSI has other layers to it, and w- you guys kind of maybe speak to a little bit of the the differences there, how those kind of go yeah. together or don't. Sure, we're very thankful for what NAM does in replanting, but our purpose is, is to see where a church is at, and revitalization is is a is a church is stuck. Replanting is it's time to start over. Um, and so there is a, a strong line of mm-hmm. difference there. Uh, but you do have to evaluate. Yeah. You, know, yeah, you do right. have to know. So a good place to start would be with these teams. And, yeah. and we would be fair to say, hey, yeah, you need to – maybe replanning is the way you need to yeah. go. But we would encourage to start with revitalization. Let's look at that. Yeah. And then we will know if it's time to replant. You know, one of the things that's challenging for any pastor to pick up a phone and say, I need some help, is um, in church world, the word revitalize uh, is almost like hearing that diagnosis of of cancer. Mm. It's almost like, oh, no, we're in that spot. And it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah, that's good. But sometimes you see some things or you feel some things and you're like, this doesn't seem right or feel like. So you go see someone who is... Mm -hmm more more versed in that, a doctor mm-hmm. or someone who can say, hey, this is not really what that is. Mm-hmm. But it is this. Let's work on that. Mm-hmm. And what I hope we do with CSI is that we help churches and church leaders go through that triage, that evaluation process to say, this is who we are, this is where we are, and this is our next step of faith. And for some churches, the answer to that question will be, it's time for us to replant. Mm -hmm. And when that's the answer, we're going to be quick to point them to NAM because Mm -hmm. the North American Mission Board replanting process is really strong. It's Mm -hmm. really good. But it's also not the answer to every every Mm -hmm. problem. And so let's be good at what we're good at. That's good. Yeah. That's really Mm -hmm. good. Well, guys, we're about to the end of time here. Appreciate you. If you're listening to us, your Southern Baptist pastor in northwest part of Oklahoma, Griff Henderson, is your guy. 
So, mm-hmm. like, what, west of Ponca City all the way to the tip of west the panhandle? West to the mountain time zone out there past Boys way City. Yeah. Kenton, America. <laughs> yeah, all the way back into Woodward and El Reno yeah. and in the good old Oklahoma City area. Yeah, I appreciate so it, you doing awesome. that and serving. And I think I want to I I plug for Chad real quick. Uh, if you're on Instagram, you need to follow Chad Balthrop. Mm-hmm. Chad has these really great 60-second Devo devotional things and thank you they're just really cool to listen to and i love how the the visualization of how you put it together the the mm-hmm. production value of it if i can use that <laughs> phrase sure but then the content of course is is so good are you just chad balthrop how, how would they follow you on uh, instagram on instagram it's chad.balthrop chad.balthrop yeah, yeah. chad. And, and are you on other i'm on facebook what? facebook it's uh, just chad balthrop all one word uh-huh. so chad balthrop on facebook chad.balthrop on instagram i'm chad balthrop on twitter uh, as well i don't drop the 60 second devos to twitter right now very yeah. often and then i'm also on tiktok that's about really connecting with my kids i was really <laughs> shocked at the number of times my boys would say hey dad i saw this on tiktok yeah and right. then they'd ask me a spiritual question that's kind of the impetus yeah. of the 60 second devo yeah. Wow. Um, but I'm there too, and that's actually my the handle there is actually Keystopia because my son helped me make it, um, and so Keystopia is the is the handle. All right, so one. just to make sure, I want to make sure they get this right. But your last name is spelled B A L T H R O P. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Thank Keystopia. Keystopia. I play the keyboard. K E Y S K E Y S T O P I A. There you go. Keystopia. Fantastic. What you do for your kids? Yeah. If you're on social media, follow Chad. It's so much fun. Thank you for that. You bet. All right, everybody, thanks so much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. This episode of Feeding and Leading has been brought to you by the Cooperative Program and Oklahoma Baptists. Visit us at oklahomabaptist.org or your preferred podcast platform. Oklahoma Baptists, advancing the gospel together.